You are a brown gay married couple. Correct. I called him to the room. I was like, Dad, I need to talk to you. I started me. I'm like, Dad, I am, I am. My sister was so annoyed in 10 minutes. She was like, he's gay. Pin drop silence. Mm -hmm. And those 10 minutes, felt so long. There was kind of the one odd off attraction to a particular person here or there, um, which was a male, which kind of then reinforced it a bit more. Of uh, people that made hate groups. Uh, your parents should have not made you born. You guys are the reason HIV is, is killing people and we hope you get the disease and die. Do you think it would have been a bit of a different story if you were in a country where same-sex marriage was not legal? I'd be like, happiness is a choice. What? Hi everyone and welcome back to Figuring Out. I'm your host, Chama Pamelu. We've now released about 10 episodes and we're now refreshing our series with the 11th episode. And today I'm really honoured to have on the podcast two guests, Rahul and Sushank. A gay, brown, married couple and their journey is just a journey full of love and one that hopefully will inspire many people who might be in a similar position, suffering in silence or in public. It's also Pride Month and somehow it turned out that I could have these two on board to chat with us today. Before we get into this episode, my aim here is that irrespective of views, that you can seek to understand what they went through, how the journey was one full of love and how we can make a difference in the world by being a bit more kind. So let's get into today's episode and let's chat to Rahul and Sushank. Sushank and Rahul, hi and welcome to Figuring Out. Really, really excited to have you and also very honoured. you my first two guests, so my first duo. Exciting. And yeah. equally, it's I didn't realise, but when we were emailing, I did realise that it's Pride Month. So very honoured to have you here on the podcast. To start with... Give us a background. Oh, let's set the scene rather. What are we here to talk about today? Good question. <laughs> I guess being Pride Month, um, kind of showing uh, our story first of all, um, from prior to meeting to actually meeting, uh, but also to kind of inspire people in the wider community, kind of be a bit of an inspiration to people, um, to help people to raise awareness. Great, and and maybe. Give us, give us the introduction. Like, we've got two guests. Who's who? I know your names, but for <laughs> our audience, tell us about your respective journey to start with. Go first. Uh, so my name is Rahul. Uh, I am based in the UK. I was mm -hmm. born and bred in the UK. I'm 31 years old. Um, inheritance of Gujarati. So my dad is from India and my mom is from Kenya. Mm -hmm. And they're both Gujarati. Um, yeah, that's kind of in a small nutshell who I am. Um, I work for Humanitarian Aid as a mm -hmm. procurement manager uh, for the UK government. And as a side hustle, me and my sister have our own uh, job as, or our own small little business as doing Asian bridal hair and makeup. Oh, amazing. And how about you, Sushank? So, um, hi, my name is Sushank. Um, I'm born and raised in Germany. Mm -hmm. I moved to New York when I was 11. So I'm half Punjabi, half Bengali. Uh, I'm 35 years old. Um, I like all my three masters are healthcare related, but I'm currently working in mobile technology as a uh, project manager. Right. So you're based in the US and you're based in the UK. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I'm from New York. 
and you and you have a great love story. Yes. So tell us, how did you meet? Very good question. <laughs> online dating actually <laughs> worked, <laughs> um, and our all online dating Tinder. Oh wow! So yeah. is that the early, early, early stages of Tinder? I don't know. No, this was 2017. I don't, I don't know when Tinder came out. Yeah. But yeah, 2017. Um, Sushant was doing a masters here, and he was in northeast London. I was in northwest London, mm-hmm. and somehow we connected. I don't exactly know how it connected because my radius was quite small. Okay. So somehow we bumped into each other somehow um, and just continued messaging each other. I think because I was probably Asian. Yeah, so, so basically what happened, one of my friends made a Tinder account for me. Okay. And then I connected like with like about a few hundred people. Right. But Baha was the first one to message on my own. Oh, And cute. I actually knew when I saw his picture that this could be something because that's like puppy love which i was craving for Aww. and then i and i didn't think he was indian i thought he was brazilian because he doesn't look indian okay i'll take it was, like his name was also raul and then he was like once we were talking to um gujarati so and then like you know we i think we connected by the way based on like core values that we both share mm-hmm. like we both goal, goal oriented um very big on family very close to our sisters and then it was just like like you know from the get-go so you met in 2017 yes. we're now in 2023 and you're married yes. right so if i may say you you are a brown gay married couple correct how was that journey getting here positive mm-hmm. which is quite surprising um i wasn't expecting it to be as positive as it was or as it has been so far. Um, positive through family, positive through friends, pos- positive through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of positivity. There's Obviously, you have some form of negativity. Of um, but t- touch wood and very luckily, mostly all the negativity has been through social media of people that we don't know. Um, nothing through family or friends. Mm-hmm. Um, which is surprising in a way, uh, but also more like humbling and heartwarming and was that the same for you Sushank? yeah so basically Vahol is my first only boyfriend okay so I came out to family after getting to know him and I was um like I was not sure because basically besides we met on November 30th November in 2017 mm-hmm. and two weeks prior to death in the family okay and then so I had to rush back to New York for the funeral and uh, I told him exactly what had happened. And I think because I was so honest with him, he knew I wasn't like flaking him. Mm-hmm. And when I went there for the funeral, like you know, I, re- I realized that at that time I was 29. So I realized I can lie to myself for as long as I want. But I need to be honest about who I am mm-hmm. and really accept myself as well. And when I went back for the funeral, I actually told my sister first. Okay. About like that, that I'm gay and that I potentially have someone I can see having a good relationship with. Mm-hmm. And then she said she always knew and she supports me and that kind of gave me the confidence to tell my father. And that was really, really nerve-wracking. Because my dad is quite traditional. And, and it's like, a brown household, right? Yes, I mean, correct. I think, sorry to cut you short, yeah. but already with a white household, there's some questions, yes. you know, when yeah. you're not heterosexual, but for maybe people not family or brown household mm. i think there's this whole mainstream expectation that you're meant to be no one really questions homosexuality no. right you expect yeah. it to be heterosexual straight 
get married, have kids. So the norm, yeah, yeah. the norm, and you you confess to your dad. Yeah. And even with that, like you know, he's also like very American too. So um, I called him to the room. I was like, "Dad, I need to talk to you." And then my sister was there, and I get nervous. Rahul knows I start stuttering. I'm like, "Dad, I am, I am." My sister was so annoyed in ten minutes. She was like, "He's gay," okay. and it became like pin drop silence. Mm-hmm. And those ten minutes felt so long, like an eternity. And then eventually, like you know, my dad, he came up to me, hugged me. He was like, "Listen, at the end of the day, my son, I love you no matter what." Just so you know, I've always known. It just I didn't feel like this should be addressed when you're ready to address it. And then always say like you know they give you the pep talk, have safe sex and all that. <laughs> but, but like you know, besides that, it was it was quite like heartwarming I think. But I also think because we had a family like situation, mm-hmm. everybody at least from my side was very accepting due to that, because they realized I guess that life is short, and that like you know like acceptance and loving what's around you is so important mm-hmm. and i guess i embraced it more like then obviously my dad told me one thing which i didn't listen to he was like don't feel like you have to tell the whole world because that's because he's he was like sexuality is a very private thing of course but i feel like you need to carry that like like a badge and tell the whole world about it but i didn't want any negativity mm-hmm. at least when i was going back to london and nor did i want people to like you know say anything to family because of myself Right. So then I made sure I told all my friends, all family members, like from my aunt to my cousins to my friends to my grandma about it. And luckily, same as Rahul, everybody was very, very accepting. So I think what I hear there is that you did confess to your dad. I mean, your sister was the yes. first one who you confessed to. And then she helped you break the eyes, break the news to your dad. She did. And Rahul, how was that for you? Yeah, um, I was it even earlier than Tushan? Because oh, yes. Tushan, what I'm hearing is that you told your family at the age of 29. Correct. Was it even so earlier? So mine was two. I must have been about 24, I think, mm-hmm. when I came out. Um, so after university, um, a similar situation. Kind of told my sister. My sister was like, "All is new." I was like, "Okay, great." Um, and then she had I think she had told my mum um, and my mum had asked me once and I kind of said no we were on a walk and I said no don't know what you're talking about and kind of brushed it off mm-hmm. uh, and then a couple of days or a couple of weeks later she asked me again on the dining table and it was just me and her um, and at that point I was just like I'm a bit tired of lying now so I was just like yes and she was like I think she was a bit taken back because she wasn't expecting me to say yes um, and then yeah kind of she obviously was like but how but why what does that mean I was like well it's really hard to explain but it, this is the situation and and then a couple of weeks after my dad had came back from India and and my mum kind of just said it on the dining table and I was like oh my god because I was expecting my dad to have like a really strong reaction of like oh my god whereas mm-hmm. my mum I thought it would be more, more softer wow. and my dad my dad said, well, if you're happy, I'm happy for you. And that was it, which was very shocking. And I was not expecting it. Shocking uh, in a different context. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, in a happy, <laughs> shocking way. Um, and yeah, and then, then my mum took quite a bit of time. She took about six months, I think, to understand fully. Okay. Um, she confided in one of my cousins that I didn't even know this happened until like a year later. Um, she confided in one of my cousins every now and then. Um, and my cousin just kind of reassured her and kind of just kind of got her to understand 
Um, and that was it, really. But I think for my mom, the main thing was, but what about society? As a typical Asian parent, what about society? Um, but here we are, however many years later. It's a very beautiful story. and Thank you. I think for me, what what's what I find sometimes complex, you mentioned that Sushank and it's so very true. At the end of the day, your sexuality is in the bedroom, right? Yes. A normal couple, yes, you do make out from time to time in the public, right? We call it PDA, public disinfection, <laughs> right? But no one is really having sex out there in the no. public. Even with the gay couple, your sexuality is in the bedroom. So when, you, when, you, when I hear you talking about you coming out, right? And I think one of the things that I did, like, as, as pu- preparing myself for this conversation, because this was going to be a different podcast altogether, right? I, I asked myself a couple of questions. And for me, it was more a question of, when will this stop? When will coming out, yes. right? The term coming Correct. out. And I actually read up about it. And it seems like it goes back to the ancient days when, elite girls were making the coming out into high society yeah. right if you think yeah. about Bridgerton type yeah. of type of scene Very true. and then it got adapted from there so the term coming out do you think one day there will be a situation where no one will have to justify the sexuality the sexual preference because if you think about it even in forms these days right mm. you have an option that says mm. prefer not mm. to say mm. so do you think one day the term coming out will no longer be of existence or less important or do you give it importance to be honest to me personally it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. i feel like you cannot generalize generalize it it's based on the person and also like you know like what you feel comfortable sharing with other people right right like we both are very open about like our sexuality but also about a relationship so somebody asked me like are you gay i have no problem saying it but for other people like you know it it becomes more difficult because um it depends where they live some mm-hmm. countries like you know they're homophobic very they true. have like a lot of like um, penalties, whether legally or like enforcement, that kind of prevents those people of sharing or coming out or like coming out in the public spectrum. While others, like you know, it 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 is maybe family pressure that they might have. That families maybe like like you know if you if you have that then we have no relationship with you or right. something like that. And then like you know sometimes also workforce right, even like a lot of big corporate agencies or institutions are not LGBTQ friendly yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting there and now they only celebrate or share these like, you know, slogans during Pride Month. But throughout the year, you don't really see anything else like, you know, that they're doing for the community. Right. So it's all of these factors that people have to consider. But I think mainly it's also like a personal journey. So people like shouldn't feel the pressure. I don't think that this will go away. Mm-hmm. I think how society is moving, it probably will become more and more into a category because think about even women these days right i expose such things oh whether you are successful like you still have and when you like have a kid Mm -hmm. you're always like you know how responsible for maintaining a household agree it's never like okay she has her own journey identity and god forbid something is um wrong at home or with like you know with the upbringing of the child always the woman gets blamed Mm -hmm. and even in 2023 we still have that kind of like, you know, Interesting. emphasize. Yeah. So then I don't think something like, you know, with our community having to like uh, express ourselves or like identify as coming out will have any changes because women like, you know, also face so many more like accusations and the way they have to define themselves even till now. Mm. So I don't think there will be any changes for us, to be honest. Got it. 
And and when you go back to your own journey, right? You say that at some point you felt like you couldn't lie to you couldn't lie to other people, you couldn't lie to yourself. Do you remember the particular point, or maybe around roughly what time? Or was that really a moment where you felt like, hang on, I'm not really attracted to women? Because there's this TED talk and this psychologist called Lisa Diamond, and she said, when who you are at birth doesn't define how your sexual orientation will be changing eventually. Okay. Right? So you were both born male, and the norm is okay, you're going to have a sexual attraction to women. Mm-hmm. As you went through school, high school, university, into the adult life, was there a particular point where you realised, hang on, I'm not really attracted to women? Mm-hmm. I think we both have quite different stories yes. there, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, there wasn't a particular point, but there was a over-period point for me. Okay. Um, so most, more when I was probably about year eight in school so that's about 14-ish I think 14-15 um and it was mainly through bullying at school um I used to get quite uh name called quite a lot quite a lot of people go through in their life normal straight or gay um not anything different um but then there was there was moments more where I would hang out with girls or more have friends that are girls and then there was kind of the one odd off attraction to a particular person here or there um which was a male, which kind of then reinforced it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and once still, when you're young, you still don't really know. And this is going back about 15 years ago, so it wasn't really out there. You didn't really see it in TV programs or anything like that. Now it's a lot more advanced. Most of the shows have at least a gay couple or True. something like that. Um, so it was all kind of quite new at that period of time for me. Um, and I think for a lot of people it was new so that's what they didn't understand so they would just call out names for the sake of it Um, so yeah so that was kind of my kind of over that period of time probably about 14 till 16, 17 Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when I I went to university I was exposed to more people naturally I exposed to more people different races different ethnicities different everything so I was I could understand it a little bit more right and then after I left university and was working, that's when I was kind of fully, a lot more exposed to it. I used to work in Harrods at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of LGBTQ people at of Harrods. Um, and that's kind of where my first main exposure was. Uh, so I already knew kind of from the age of probably about 15, 16, mm-hmm. but f- didn't really fully accept it until later on in life. And how about you, Sushan? So basically, I always knew that I liked... Uh, boys mm-hmm. or men you would say from a younger age but um you know when you're young young you really think about these things right you just like being playful or like just like having building chemistry and friendship but um and also had like a long-term girlfriend too prior to Rahul. right mm-hmm. but i but I, but but like you no know, it's, it's like your 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 phys- physical attraction and your emotions don't really match mm-hmm. Interesting. and yeah. i kept on like battling with that for a long time until I realized that I am who I am mm-hmm. and no matter how many excuses I make no no matter like you know how drunk I get to make those things go away right. or like no matter how much I invest all myself in a relationship it doesn't change the fact that I'm attracted to men and and that took a long time period for me 
especially because um, my mom had passed when I was 21. So then I felt like more pressure of having to maintain that um, heterosexual identity because I have a youngest, I have a twin sister as well, which I've told you earlier. Mm -hmm. So then I felt like maybe my actions or my life choices will impact her marriage. Because like, you know, in, in Indian community, especially Punjabi, it's like uh, reputation is very... The family reputation. reputation. Like, you know, and especially not having a mother in place. Like, you know, people, people like make comments, right? Like, oh, they don't have a mom. So that's why that's what the household is a mess or stuff like that. Right. So then I felt like I had that kind of pressure of maintaining that image, also being a boy from the family, too. But then I guess I grew, grew up a lot quickly and I was like, I no longer care for people's opinion. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to London, I think I was in a good, good headspace where um, I was happy from within. I wasn't chasing a relationship or a career or family or friends. And that kind of aligned everything for me. I, I sort of fell a lump in my throat when you talk about your twin sister, because as you know, we, we bonded over that. <laughs> yeah, and did. you have a sister who's like 15 months apart. So we're all like twins, twins pairs here. But I think thinking about how you try to how you were feeling maybe the burden of your sister's marriage, right? Not coming out because to some people it might be trivial, it might be dramatic, but I completely hear where you're coming from. And I think the whole expectation of society suddenly falls on your shoulders, right? I think it's really, it's really interesting because it's also quite sad that the Asian community think if I do this, it's going to affect my family in this way. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot like, like in the movies yeah and you can never just be happy in your own self because of x y and z is going to have a repercussion on something else um hopefully we're moving a bit more forward and i think over time we are but it is if 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 this was india it would be still a completely different story because a lot of people would think oh my sister or my brother or i'm going to get disowned um which is quite sad i kind of disagree with that in that sense Mm because um like because obviously, like, you know, we are diaspora, right? Like, you even come from South Indian, South Asian, like, descent. And even, like, people here, right, they might have, their families might come from India, or from India, but they're still, like, British. Right. So I feel like Indians abroad have a bit more narrow mind setting. Because they're, because they're trying to maintain their tradition and roots. So hence, they're a bit more, like, back-minded with, their, with the way they think. Interesting, Because they want yeah. to maintain their culture because they're away from the country. Like in the right. mother country. Yeah. I do agree with that. And I feel like as far as people in India, I feel like, like especially now if you go to like cities like Delhi and Bombay, they are much more advanced. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, they don't have that thinking because they don't have that kind of like association, like with maintaining the roots because they are based in India already. That's a very different perspective. Yeah. Mm. And I think when I think about India, I guess, I don't know if it's publicly come out or not, but I don't want to say it, but, you know, the host of, we can edit this out or not. Mm. I don't know if it's publicly come out, but Karan Johar, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I think away from him, um, I, I do wonder in the rural societies whether that's maybe more of a taboo, but like in the in the big cities like Delhi, Mumbai and so on, maybe that's a bit more advanced. So no, that that was a very different perspective from you. And one of the things I can see both of your wedding, you're wearing your wedding bands. Congratulations <laughs> once you. again. And I keep seeing the amazing stories from your wedding. Quite a big family affair. And even from the stories, I feel so much love for you guys, right? Thank There's you, so much you. support, so, so much love. Why did your love story, right? Why did your love story work out? 
when maybe so many other people are still struggling, not just to come out, but also to accept it themselves. What was there in your story that really worked out? I think one key thing was honesty. Really, really honesty. Um, we've been over three years long long distance now mm. which is a very long time um and that can really make or break someone and yes we were engaged while we were long distance but we weren't still married and okay you know you never know what's going to happen um but from the beginning we've had honesty and kind of really truthfully telling each other how we feel um and really open communication i think they're the kind of really th- three main things honesty trust and communication that have really made us bond stronger um and it's actually weird when we went long distance we became closer than when we were together mm. um because you... the saying distance makes the heart yeah, and it is because we had to be more communicating to each other because we have on a five five hour time difference and you know we don't get to speak to other each other all the time whereas when we're here we can just pick up the phone quickly and be like all right this is happening um but yeah, that, I think for me, that was kind of one of the key communication. Like we had to have open communication from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and even prior to us meeting, when he told me about his family um, passing away and like kind of just being really open and honest in that element, just kind of really helped. I think for me, the three things that I would say made us very successful. First, most, I think it's um, that we work as a team. Mm-hmm. Since and we have this since the beginning, mm-hmm. there was never like yes, we have our own identity and own goals, right? But collectively, we always move together as a team. Yeah, and that I think is very important. That especially where we are today. Secondly, I think we had a lot of support, whether maybe friends or family. Mm-hmm. Like I'm closer to his mom and dad. Oh, than that's he is. cute. Mm. And I, I probably like I love Rahul, like of course my husband. But I probably love his family even more, like, you know. So I that's think that's cute. another reason. But he's the same too. Him, and him My sister and, and my dad probably, if they could, they would switch. They would keep right. him in London mm-hmm. and they would keep him in New York. Because love <laughs> spending time with him. And I think lastly is um, the fact that we, we both chose to move forward. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, I, I, like every couple, even now, we have, like, disagreements. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. that's just couples. And yeah. even because on social media, you see happy pictures, like, you know, or, like, us always celebrating our love. That's not always the case. Mm. We had many, many, many ups, but also a few downs. And then because those downs, we focus on taking feedback, deciding to really understand that we both want this relationship to work and no matter what happens uh breaking up is not an option and lastly like you know knowing that no matter what no, no matter how much it irritates me for example I <laughs> you know, and vice versa so knowing that love is always present because you know when you don't love somebody you cannot have a future with them and that means even loving them with all the bad too right but i think every relationship needs their ups and downs i don't think it can be sailing always up, up, up. I think the downs or the arguments or the disagreements grow a couple more. You learn more from each other. You get more feedback. You see how you can improve in the next certain scenario. Um, and I think I think it's very important to have ups and downs. I don't think it's all as... Not everything's flowers and, you know, glitter. It's, you, <laughs> yeah. need your, you need your downs to true. understand. Yeah. Was there anyone 
or any group of people away from your 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 first cousins, your mm. family, like your parents, right? They, they sound all very supportive. Was there anyone at all that did question your decision, your your decision of coming out, your decision to move forward in a relationship, or was it? I'm, I'm, were you the lucky one? Yeah, I want to say, unfortunately, not from my end. Mm-hmm. Um, extended family, a lot of my family live in India. They all were supportive. That's family amazing. here was supportive. So when we got engaged a year later, my parents went to India for a family event and me and my sister couldn't go. Um, and they kind of held a little, not a little engagement party, but a little get together and gave mm-hmm. everyone sweets and all that. And that my whole family in India came for that. Even if we were two boys, they still came. Right. Um, so... And you both went to that? Or no, no, so, just, we just so my parents were there. Okay. And all my dad's families in India, so all of them were there. Okay. Um, but luckily, kind of everyone was very supportive. I don't know if yeah, you no, have... Same, like, we've been... Whether it's, like, cousins, aunts, people, like, India, like, abroad, everybody has been very, very supportive. I mean, no one said anything to our face, but even with the wedding, everybody was seemed happy. Yeah, that's so amazing. That's mm. amazing to hear. I think for for people listening to us, right? For those who do not have the courage to to brave it, to mm-hmm. to announce it to family and friends, or suffering in in silence, what do you've got to say? My main one is you have to love and accept yourself first before you can come out to other people. Mm-hmm. I sometimes it feels like it's a rush that you need to come out and like you know you need to let it all out so people can understand and accept you, but. If you don't actually love yourself or if you don't really fully accept yourself, you can't expect other people to mm-hmm. accept you. I think that's one of the main things that I see a lot that if you, you're not confident in your own skin, you can't expect other people to be confident in you. And my take on that would be like happiness is a choice. Not At that. the end of the day, like, you know, like no matter what culture you come from, like, you know, like what your community puts you on in terms of like being in like attaining in personal professional life Mm -hmm. you need to be happy for yourself right so it's not even about coming out it's about like every aspect of life you need to make to make your own happiness Mm -hmm. so my take would be on that like if you're happy with who you are you accept yourself like like you love yourself you don't own anyone's explanation yeah i think that's beautiful and i'm probably going to make it sound easy but you know when you think about all these different, I think what's easy to see are the celebrities coming out in public, mm-hmm. right? Alton John, Elliot Page, so many people have come out in the public domain. And there's this um, English writer, Jacqueline Wilson, she came out at the age of 74, yeah. right? So 74, and I think there's a moment of, there's, a, there's, there's that moment where you question, have you lost time, like mm. not being yourself? And I think your message is so positive. And uh, the reason why I say I make it sound easy because obviously not everyone has the same courage, the same Agreed. bravery, the same guts, and the same family support like yeah. you guys did. But but to your earlier point, Rahul, like trying to be true to yourself and choosing happiness, whether that's indiscretion or not, hopefully um, is is a sense a bit of positivity positivity to people. Your marriage, right? You got married in the UK or in the US? So we got married, yeah, in the UK. UK yeah. And I think the UK probably, I think same-sex marriage became legal here like uh, almost like a decade ago. I think yeah. the yeah. Netherlands yes, was yeah. like yeah. the first country. Do you think it would have been a bit of a different story if you were in a country where same-sex marriage was not legal? For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. 
I think it would have been much harder. Especially because when we started dating, it was already um, agreed on that I would move to London. To, to, like, to, 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 You're like, gonna hold him accountable now. <laughs> like, like, like to keep our um, to make our relationship work. Right. And we were lucky that the UK has like same-sex marriage laws and accept the same-sex legal marriage because otherwise my immigration would not have been possible right you know mm -hmm. which also it, impacts long yeah staying. i think it does also impact your relationship prior to being married as well because most countries that don't allow such same-sex marriage people don't feel like they can be comfortable in the open public behind closed doors yes but you know if you're going out for dinner or you're just going for a walk or you're having a picnic in the park people like two men or two women don't feel like they'll be comfortable enough to do that mm -hmm. this is me just from what i think of course it's not obviously i can't say i've done it because in, in this country you're allowed it um but yeah i feel like people wouldn't be comfortable to be their self outside um which is quite sad as well because then you can't truly be yourself again mm -hmm. um yeah I think it's going to be a bit of an unfair comparison, but you suddenly... I was trying to put myself into your shoes, right? I think us girls and women, there's this, this expectation that if you see two women hugging or being tucked out, it's all fine. Like, yeah. girls go to the it's bathroom, yeah. go to the bathroom yeah. together, right? Yeah. Agree. Man hugging, maybe a bit more intimately, or even going to the bathroom together. It, can you picture that? Yeah. I think... I find it unfair that I think women can maybe get away with mm -hmm. being gay, with being lesbians, because sisterhood, yeah. being tactile, being huggy is, is part of womanhood. Yeah. Two men hugging is a bit questionable, right? Okay. But see, then again, for women to also, right, it goes based on, like, um, presentation, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, right, if, if, like, you're very feminine as a person, right? Like, I can see, like, very beautifully dressed. If you're another friend like you, who's feminine too, and you were, like, being intimate or like hugging whatever people wouldn't make a big thing about it okay but if you're like a, another person another friend who was like like a tomboy would have been a different right. reaction mm -hmm. because she doesn't fit the, the norm of what a woman should yeah. dress or act like right and i think Good with point. men with men that becomes an issue because men are supposed to have emotional intelligence mm -hmm. men are okay. supposed to express love so if any act of like even like hey bro or like even like bromance right right it's, even in movies media it's always a bromance i was like made as a gay joke or bromance but that's yeah. but it's just people expressing their love right like for example his sister's uh, husband my, our brother-in-law mm -hmm. I love him I have no problem telling him that and he had the same thing with me too right because it's a comfortable and that's rare comfortable with each other like, you yeah. know mm -hmm. but I'm sure when people would see it out of contact they would judge that too mm -hmm. that's a very interesting perspective I didn't think of it that way at all What's your take on kids, if I may ask, if that's not a, an uncomfortable question? No, definitely. Um, some, sometime in the future, yes. Um, my main priority is to get a house first. <laughs> I wish <laughs> that course. for you Thank guys. You. <laughs> um, definitely it is on the cards at some point in the future. Um, just not really set in stone. I know some people are like, you know, by this age I have to have a kid, etc. Mm. So for me, it's not set in stone. When it happens, it will naturally happen. Um... But I don't know if you... I'm super excited. I want to lie to you. Uh. After like our, our mini moon, we came back and we were having dinner and I made like a joke to my in-laws. I'm like, I'm pregnant. And obviously my father-in-law has a, my kind of humor. Right. So he knew I was joking. <laughs> and my mother-in-law was like, so Sean, you're a boy. 
like, mom, anything can happen. And Val gave me the eyes, like, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> I can wait to have kids. Um, like, you know, I, w- I would really, I mean, I would really want a girl for us. Uh-huh. If you're lucky enough. So you're watching Shania. Gonna be coming soon to the world, manifesting it. <laughs> One day, maybe this would go to your kids, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they can watch this. Can I just ask, like, logistically, um, or thinking about your potential parent parenthood that I wish for you guys, your house first, as you wish, and you know, the baby, or maybe both of them together? Are there any practical considerations, as in, and this, I completely, I'm fully aware, this might be an uncomfortable mm-hmm. question. In terms of figuring out, you know, are we going to go like for an adoption or going to go for like a surrogate mother? Did you have any gay, gay, did you have any other gay couples to start with in your family? Yeah, so we've had conversations. I don't think we've gone into deep diving of kind of adoption, surrogacy, the form that we want to do it in. Um, We've definitely had conversations. I mean, yes. So basically... We, we did say that we will try for surrogacy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for example, like, my mom passed away, right, for example? So if through surrogacy, like, we can have her genes on the baby, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe the baby might look like her. That would be, like, that would be important to both of us. Mm-hmm. But we also understand that surrogacy also has uh, implications and risks. And doesn't mean it always is successful, of course. Mm-hmm. So in that case, we also decided that if that doesn't happen... We would adopt okay. but if you would adopt we both agreed on that we would adopt some from india because there are um many kids who need a good family mm-hmm. and regardless of it being like our own through bloodline or like we are uh, like we are, we are adopting that, that child it would be our child no matter what so the love would be there no matter what Mm-hmm. I, I'm suddenly I felt slightly I was just saying earlier I felt slightly emotional and now suddenly suddenly this it's it's. I think sorry I was going to say yeah, I think also like not not I'm not just talking our content but any content if anyone is thinking of adopting or surrogacy it's also quite a big responsibility so you have to you have to be mentally prepared for it but also you have to be financially prepared for it because right. it is quite a big financial commitment of course it's a lifetime commitment you know it's a child in the end but if you're not financially stable yourself it's quite difficult so one of the questions that i had for you so as part of your journey you decided to go public with this so i don't know whether your pages were sort of you know somewhat public already but i can definitely see that you're now putting out your content sharing your own personal journey what was the rationale behind wanting to go public with your own respective journey so I start first. So my profile is always public, and I'm like I'm like an open book mm-hmm. as a person as as well. So I don't mind showing personal things, but I think for Rahul it was um, it took. So I think once you were sure about myself and the relationship, he was more acceptable and open to it. Okay. As opposed, to, I was like, oh my god, I'm a boyfriend, guys, check him out, like you know. All right. So that I think it was also understanding that we're not only moving forward publicly on our own but collectively and i think for me it was important um celebrating myself because mm-hmm. even though like i have like a lot of engagement following like especially within the queer community my instagram is for myself i love uh building experiences mm-hmm. i love taking pictures for myself that i can like you know once if i have alzheimer's i can look through those pictures <laughs> and live those memories right and also like capturing that moment because, you know, nowadays everybody's so busy in their day-to-day life. 
and whether it's me or him Rahul hanging out or with friends or celebrating a friend's wedding or anything it just allows us to look back at that special time we had together mm-hmm. so hence I'm quite open with my profile and I think the other thing for me was sharing more personal stuff in regards to a relationship is after our proposal went viral just because we not only got so much love but we got a lot of messages which we still do about people helping in terms of like personal journey or like how do you um how do you get family acceptance yeah like you know how did you work on being so confident mm-hmm. or coming out and i think that's why i might i specifically i'm so open and honest about that how was the reaction from the internet right because when it's public then it's no longer just a family it's no longer just a friends right mm-hmm. what was the so reaction in terms of family and friends reaction we had no of course no issue we we're quite lucky in that way um but we had very mixed reactions when our proposal got went quite viral um so a lot of different pages kind of featured it um and it was very mixed reaction a lot of positivity however there was a handful of negativity as well mm-hmm. which is um which was interesting but then you could see a bit of a trend of where this negativity was coming from what ethnicities what people what cultures stuff like that. so it was interesting to see that um it was trying to educate a lot of people we tried to do a lot of that um but also try a lot of ignoring as well um purely for the fact it's just because some of it was really disgusting some of the stuff that was said was yeah. horrible um but our main area was just to educate people, inspire people. So the positivity that we were getting was really nice. Still to this day, we still get positivity for post. Um, and for us, it just feels second nature just to put our mm-hmm. kind of wedding out there or anything like this. But still people to this day um, reach out, which is actually really nice. Um, so, for example, we did a, a one minute video for a mental health campaign recently. Um, and the organiser messaged us and said, your video was so inspiring, someone actually watched it and came out to their parents based on your video, oh, wow. which was really yeah. touching. And yeah. I saw our wedding contact as, as well. Yeah. They used our wedding pictures and also like, um, they told their parents, she said, love is beautiful. And with our pictures and them coming out, she said she was really, really happy that they collaborated. It's like, even if it takes one person, you change... You know, just yeah. one person. Yeah, I totally agree. That's that the difference person, you've yeah. made to someone's yeah. lives. And even with the negativity, right? Like, he doesn't care as much okay. because he's quite thick-skinned. I'm quite emotional. Mm-hmm. So it does get to me, like... It, that's why, like, I was on a social detox for a while. Okay. I was not posting anything. I was active, but I wasn't sharing anything. That's why, in comparison to him, I'm still catching up with, like, wedding pictures and stuff like that. Right. Like, I'm not going to post anything until I'm ready to deal with negativity because no, it's different right when you have one person saying they don't like you or like 10 it's okay but if people come in thousands constantly leaving negative messages I think it's also sorry to cut you off mm-hmm. I think it's also different saying oh my god you're gay that's not right but then when the attacks get personal and that's when the issue what occurs. do you mean yeah. so there was there was definitely stuff like uh, your parents should have not made you born 
Um, stuff like your parents should die, or you your should family die. should disown you, you That's should right. die. Like, it like, got quite brutal. deep. Yeah, or like, go kill yourself. And, and for me, I was just like, whatever, I don't really care, I don't know you. But for Sushan, he mm. took it quite, not took it personally, but he's a bit more emotional. He gets so, to you. Yeah, it yeah, got to him. It does. And, and the thing was, like, you no, know, what was like so like profound about it was every day. Like, we had like a few people that made hate groups. So then they would like constantly what? message, yeah. And then we had like. like a natural yes. organized group yeah like groups not even one groups they would message constantly or they'll private message like, they'll, you know, in a comment they'll private you know, message or like they would uh, like like say very sexual things right like how do you both like get intimate like you know and, and, and kind of mark that or like um, or like even something like sad like oh you guys are the reason HIV is uh, is killing people and we hope you get the disease and die there's Even a lot like, of COVID we, yeah, we um, created COVID yeah the gays created COVID <laughs> really, the gays created you, COVID but at some point you just have to laugh at it yeah. after and you're just like really yeah I'm sort of speechless I mean the, the latter one maybe yeah, yeah. but the rest is yeah they're so, quite so brutal it gets heavy. yeah I'm sure but on the flip side, there was a lot of positivity yeah. that came out. And that's what kind of the light under the tunnel, like you have to see that positivity. The people commenting or people reaching out to us, people just trying to either come out or a situation that we can help them in, whatever is yeah. possible. And that's kind of the, one of the main reasons for me. And I think for Sushant as yeah. well, for to have a platform on social media, we've been very lucky and supported by our parents mm-hmm. and family. So we want to try and help other people and help them in any way and possible. we both also acknowledge we have privilege we both like come from countries that support like this community right yeah. we're both from countries where they have like celebration like pride is Defo. actually allowed and you both come from other two privileges which we didn't really talk much about like like we both are financially independent so if tomorrow our parents were like we don't really agree we with you, you yeah be like okay we can support each other and we can survive right and also we like you know are lucky we're edu- we educated so god forbid we had trouble in the uk or mm-hmm. in, in new york we could have used our degrees and built a life somewhere else right yeah so people don't think about all those things they do play a factor mm-hmm. they do but this is me being devil's advocate <laughs> they play a factor and i totally agree we are privileged but we've also worked very hard to get to where we are mm-hmm. um whereas a lot of people kind of want it on their plate there's a lot of people that kind of reach out and saying, oh, I'm gay, um, you know, I'm in India, can you find me a job in the UK? I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the yellow pages where I can just yeah. you know, open a job and say, here you go. You're not um, the visa yeah. or immigration well, officer. Yeah, loads of people have reached out to us saying, can you give us money? And I'm like, I don't know you. I'm sorry, I'm not going to give my hard-earned money to a complete stranger. I get it, you're in a difficult situation. I understand that. But me giving you money what is yeah. that going to do like okay you might move out for a month or two and then after you're going to ask for more you're going to ask someone else like what it's it's not the end solution so right. I, I get we are privileged in that way but we've also worked very hard but I think being more privileged in terms of we're in a in a country a western country mm-hmm. that is more open and accepting I think helps a lot more but then you have to think 50 years ago People in the Western country had to fight really hard to where we are today. And not technically, but kind of, today's day and age are fighting hard for people in, like, Asia Mm -hmm. for five, ten years down the line of where they will be. Mm -hmm. 
I think this was the first time that I heard privilege being described differently. As in, so far, if throughout this podcast, I mean, when you guys were talking about, you know, wake, uh, waking up to hit comments, um, what I'm hearing that is eventually building up a sort of emotional tenacity, right? Because you're not, yeah. you, you were probably not born that way. Life, mm-hmm. life through these different experiences, and you became Sushant. You were saying it gets to you a bit more than Rahul, but you became somewhat more immen- emotionally capable of dealing yeah. with this. And some of my guests who've somewhat are in a public on public platforms, they've talked about the experiences with social media too, and be it hate comments to do with the religion, to do with the faith. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do. I do commend you for being so strong and for being for being willing to. Still, I mean, you could have kept your relationship quiet, right? Yeah. You could have kept it to yourself and had this great journey, but you're out here sharing in the public platform. The Pride Month. Does that mean anything to you? Do you feel like obviously you've had your journey and it's been great? Do you feel like it's a wider celebration? Do you feel a certain sense of belonging or not really? It's definitely a wider celebration. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a wider celebration. And you see it now, you see it more and more happening. So like a lot of states in India do it or a lot of different other countries are celebrating it more, which is m- much nicer to see that. Um, personally, I don't see it as just one month for us. Um, and not being selfish, but this is just our norm. Mm-hmm. So it's a day-to-day thing for us. It's not right. a one-day, cel- a one-month celebration. But it is nice for communities to come together, like all different communities within the LGBTQ community, to come together and kind of support each other. It's also quite nice to see more corporates now support, mm-hmm. um, which you see that a lot more happening, mainly this month, but kind of throughout the year. Um, and that's quite nice to see because... Five years down the lane, in like uh, five years ago, sorry, corporates weren't as active as they are now. Right. I personally think Pride is quite overrated. Interesting. And, Give us your um, takes, Sushang. And that is like you know, I feel like it's become very commercialized, mm-hmm. and also become very like in terms of being politically correct. Hence, you see a lot of agencies and institutions celebrating Pride with the logo and having a rainbow for mm-hmm. one month, like you know. Yes, we support you guys. We celebrate love of all kind. But then, outside the 11 months, what are these institutions really doing mm-hmm. within the community? How much are they donating? How much are they investing? How much are they letting their own people at workplace have a safe environment where they can express themselves right. within the community or like get like you know, certain resources, right? Like mm-hmm. that they can, um, or training, and how many of those people get promoted? So I feel like it's really nice, yes, to have a celebration of any kind. But you need to see more. You yeah. need to see, see the more. actual concrete because, like, results. Like, I can go today to right? or like, I, I, like, you know, I'm a feminist, but then what am I doing as a man, like, you know, as a gay man, uh, training women rights or like supporting like new women mm. in, and empowering them. Mm-hmm. So anybody can wear like a, like a pride t-shirt, be like, yes, like, you know, I love you guys, but then... What is a one person or agency really doing? Right. Interesting. I agree, in a way. But I think also, obviously, they do it particularly in the month of June for reasoning. But I think it is... It is becoming a bit more commercialised in that way, like Sushant said. And sometimes you lose the essence of actually why we celebrate it, which is the reason 50 years ago or over 50 years ago for Stonewall that happened in New York. Like, Mm -hmm. that is one of the main reasons. Like, it was a big fight where 
privilege I guess is the word to use again we're privileged that we've been lucky that it's kind of natural now in society um but over 50 years ago it wasn't the norm it was they had to fight really hard Mm -hmm. to get to where we are now and that's why we kind of lose that sense of celebration a little bit of how far we've became it's just became this big kind of uh, it became a bit more commercialized in terms of the parade and kind of yeah that element. But it's not even about the prayer. I'm not, I'm not even being insensitive. Like, I'm a very proud gay and I love my community. But it's a sense that a lot of people don't even know that it was trans women that, like, mm. you know, started the whole, like, Stonewall. And... I do know. Like, you know, yeah. Thank you for and, raising and, awareness. And really, like, um, made that change. Like, mm. you know, it was them that really fought against mm-hmm. building a better future for us. Right. So, and yet today, they're struggling, like, you know, whether yeah. it's, like, you know access to proper health care or like uh, job security or like protection right legal protection because they are like always otherized and over sexualized mm-hmm. or like like you know are treated differently because people judge them right away even like if a trans woman looks like a female feels like a female people don't see her as one and that is also discriminatory right because identity like you said right like, we're not born gay. Mm-hmm. Biologically speaking, yes, we have, like, you know, different um, different sense as opposed to you being attracted to a male, right. being a heterosexual, I'm being attracted to a same-sex person. But at the end, like, you know, you learn these things also through environment, right? Mm-hmm. So then, if you're celebrating a community, what are you really doing for the community other than celebrating them if you can give them, like, you know access to proper rights or changing or making their lives in, in a better way on a day-to-day basis. What I'm hearing is that even within the LGBTQ community, right, there's this, there's another level of discrimination. Yeah. Being being gay or being a uh, being yeah. a gay man or women on this feels like it's easier to some extent that is yeah. transgender. Yeah. Transgender, think, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I think transgender people are like... There's, there's more of a fight. Yes than for gay people i think especially when they have color too like mm-hmm. transgender women of color i think it's harder for them or men yeah or men and even like um like i personally think right obviously like gay men struggle but i think in some aspects lesbians even struggle more mm-hmm. like you know, especially in the south asian community like mm. i don't have any well i don't know any as well well, I have one friend, but that also only through social media that I know who's 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 uh, uh, Indian as well, mm-hmm. and then I came across a few. But I don't have any close friend that Stacy who's identified like you know yeah. as homosexual. So I can't even imagine like you know, like being in their position because yeah. it's so much more difficult. I actually have one, and I'm not gonna give away the country because that yeah. might give away um where where that where who's that friend. But um she's definitely hidden it from her parents. Um she's had her parents visiting, and she's um she's presented her partner as her flatmate, right? Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. it is a struggle. It's, it definitely still is. Um, Sushank and Rahul, what's been interesting is that I had this list of questions. I didn't even once take a look at my questions <laughs> because this so conversation was so fluid and felt definitely right. very conversational. And I can tell you, I've learned so much from you guys. And there's just so much love and so much respect that I can like 
for each other, but also your families in here. I haven't met them. <laughs> I don't know them, but I can definitely feel the support from your family. So last question for this pod, uh, podcast talk. What's the one thing that you, you, you can both have a take on this one? What's, what's the one thing that you think you've figured out so far in life? Interesting question. Figured out in life. I think for me it's accountability. You know, like at the end of the day, like my 35 years, whether good or bad, mm-hmm. have shaped me into the person I am today. Whether it was a positive experience or negative experience. So I take accountability for that because all those actions, reactions, decisions mm-hmm. ended up getting you where I'm today. So I think accountability is very important because sometimes like, you know, you blame other people or situations True. or your environment for not being fair to you. But if you take accountability of anything in life, I feel like it just makes you into a stronger person mm-hmm. that no matter what life throws at you, you are strong enough to tackle that. That's very strong. And how about you, Rahul? I think I think one thing I've figured out in life there that people come and go. People come and go in life. But people that are there are always there. Your true people that you know are going to be lifetime people. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people that you think are lifetime people are not always your lifetime people. Uh, some people that you might have not really connected with become your lifetime people which is quite an interesting way and it doesn't happen always from a young age you know you might get in contact with someone or you might just randomly meet someone at the age of 40 and they might be a lifetime friend or a lifetime person um and i think that's really important but the people that are there for you through thick and thin are the people that you need to pay the most attention to and like really go above and beyond for them because they're the people that are actually there for you and I also wanted to add another thing, Go which on. I forgot to say. Also, I think uh, the power of being kind, like, you know, mm-hmm. because for me, example, I picked Fahol as a partner, even when I met him for the first time, I told him I love him and I want to marry him uh, did because you? he was kind. He was kind enough to be aware of my surroundings, how I felt that time, but also with, with my chronic condition, because I told him, like, I suffer from this. You have two options, either... You stay and we don't ever talk about it again or the door is right there. And he said, I like all of you and that's part of you, you know? And that has really taught me as well, even with my, like, you know, mom as well, that being kind mm-hmm. is so important. Because right now too, you're smiling in front of me. I met you for the first time. So my interaction with you is important because after this, if I mean to you, that can impact, can put, push you more on the edge, right? You'd be smiling right now. Mm-hmm. But internally, I have no idea how you're feeling. Right. But if you're going through that, maybe that fight from within, and I'm kind to you, it can help you heal. You know, I've had, I've recorded probably like 10, 11 podcasts, and I'm generally a very emotional person. Like, things get to me, and I find things beautiful. If I love beautiful, like anything... This is probably the first podcast, and I mean it, where it, I did feel emotional, but I like tried to keep it in check. <laughs> Your story is absolutely beautiful, and you're so brave for sharing that with everyone. And I'm truly, truly honored that you guys came down, took the time for being here while you're visiting from the US. So thank you so much, guys. Absolutely love having you. And I, I really hope that you know your, your, your message, your journey inspires so many people, whether they're suffering in silence or in public, 
whoever's going from a similar journey, I think the world deserves the world deserves more people to be in love and to be able to share the love. So thank you so much, guys. Well, Absolutely honored to have you, you here. You. I think sorry, just to also raise one more. Sure. I think it's really important podcast like this to to express new topics and topics that are not the norm um, and I think you're doing an absolutely fantastic job for really allowing people to say their true stories but also um, making them really comfortable in the setting because it can be kind of topics can be quite emotional quite difficult to speak about but you make it really comfortable and I think raising awareness for topics like this or raising awareness in general through these kind of podcasts is really important so the work that you're doing and many other people that are doing podcasts is really important for each individual topic out there. So yeah. thank you from our from our Thank you guys. I agree. And what I liked about it too is that um like you said initially, this is for you. You want to learn about stories, you want to connect with people. So it just shows how much, how passionate you are about it. And I mean just passion is a success. So um. you know, mark my words, like Sooner or later, you will be our big podcast. Uh, you mm-hmm. really can't. We're can. manifesting it right now. Uh, we're manifesting it together. Yeah. I'll hire you guys as <laughs> marketing managers. <laughs> twins, we're both twins. Yeah. But thank you so much, thank guys. You so thank much. you so much. Hi, everyone. Today's episode was a bit of a different one for me and a different approach that I had to take to interview my two guests who were actually very open to talk about their journey. All I ask from you if you enjoyed today's episode is to please press the subscribe button from wherever you're listening. At the moment, most of you listen to the show on Spotify, but not many of you are subscribed. So all I ask is this little favor to help support the show as we move forward. Thank you so much. Your support means a lot to me and I'll see you next week.